Hello and welcome back to the Everything Under the Sun podcast. I'm here with a very special guest, Bailey Ray, my bestie for the restie. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm actually going to crack open a... ASMR. Yeah, a drink because... Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> because I feel like we talk like deeply, but when we have a little wine in us... It goes we're, a long way. Yeah, we're an open book, but this is going to be a really good episode. We're going to talk about a lot of things, honestly, like it's a universal thing that people can relate to, but especially girls our age that are kind of going through the same thing we are. So I feel like we'll hit a lot of good topics on this episode, but firstly, just an intro of how we know each other. We initially met freshman year of college, then we lost touch a little bit, but we reconnected at a really bizarre time when we were both kind of looking for housing. I honestly don't even remember how... Actually, yes, I do. I saw your post on Facebook that was like you and Brooke were looking for another roommate, and I was at a weird place in life where... I say a weird place. I was just in a relationship. Yeah, <laughs> but like it was posted on Facebook. And we like, like she said, we lost touch and then she saw it. So I was like, I need a roommate or I need somewhere to live. And time was taken down. And like I said, I was in a relationship. So I didn't have like that core group of friends like I used to have. And so it was kind of honestly just like a meant to happen thing. And we, um, it worked out and it worked out so perfectly too, because Brooke and I were never home at the beginning. And then when it all unfolded, it was like perfect. We definitely reconnected like at the right time, but I'm so curious about this. When we, we've actually never talked about this. When we kind of like, I would say we got to know each other like the second time we started being friends because the first time we were just like so young, it was like we were entering college and stuff. So like, what was your first impression of me? And I'll tell you my first impression of you. Like when we moved in together and started like actually getting to know each other, like that first, was I like... I know I was like not you're not what I was expecting you're I feel like from the time that we met like you said it was different from the first time the second time that we actually met I feel like we had both grown so much so I you had always since I first met you given me a sense of comfort so just like meeting you again was like like when I was describing you to Brooke I was like she's super to herself like really really quiet (laughs) Um, (laughs) she's really really quiet like super clean like nothing's gonna be like weird about it like I know her so it'll be like it'll be Mm -hmm. perfect um and then we met again I remember when you and your mom were moving you in yeah and then I didn't see you a lot the first semester and then the second Mm -hmm. semester you touched the head but that was cut to the second semester I was anything but quiet and we were anything but like calm um tamed yes absolutely but was it do I regret it no not a bit second semester I'd say we were attached yeah So, yeah, I would say second semester, we, like, literally, we were attached to the hip. We lived together, we ate meals together, we went out (laughs) together, we came home together, we Ubered together, we brushed our teeth together. We did everything together. We got saved together. That sounds so cool. Yeah, no, I was supposed to get my dog with my ex-boyfriend, and so Bailey became the dad figure in Sage's life. (laughs) So, cut to here we are. We, Bailey just moved here to California, a... Wait, what was your first impression of me? Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm like, yeah, tell me more about what you thought of me. (laughs) 
No, I, you were definitely different than I expected because, I don't know, I think you were such in a routine with cheer, I didn't expect you to be so like, I don't know, I, I didn't expect you to be like such an athlete, that's not, but like, when you're an athlete, especially a college athlete, you have such a mindset and I feel like it changes your life structure. Oh, 100%. So I feel like I didn't expect you to be so like routine like wake up workout meal practice like do all this stuff you know yeah. you were very robot I know you're very like nurturing like motherly oh like getting everything together yeah like, like we always have to be on time Absolutely. yeah like our second semester wouldn't have been <laughs> so successful had i not had like a mother figure <laughs> i will tell y'all when i got back from like when my season was finally over after covid like whenever we landed i feel like the chains broke loose and it was like oh yeah we can't be no we had the time of our lives but, but yeah our friendship really started there and like i said bailey just moved this is your second full week right or your third yeah my second full week um it's california she literally we're roommates 2.0 so it's How been a i think Last week was the most social week I think I've had in my entire life. Like, Monday through Sunday, we were out on the town. And not even, like, in a draining, we're drinking every day way, yeah. but as in, like, my social battery was not drained at all. On no. Sunday, I could have done it all again. Because it was, like, golf course, bar, what else do we do? Dinner, uh, happy hour, like, everything. meeting new friends. Everything like, it was under so, the sun we did last Everything week. under the sun plug. No, but it was so fun, and... Y'all have, like, no idea, though, that, like, the weekend of me moving here was the exact same way that it happened when Lindsay moved here, which oh, is yeah. bizarre. No, we'll talk about that. How our, like, stories of life are, like, so aligned. God's like, you'll suffer, but you'll suffer together. When I'm thinking about it, it's like, we lived together in college, and there was a deadline. Like, we're gonna have to move out, but, like, what if we just lived together forever? <laughs> like... Me and Sage forever. No, really. That's actually concerning. But so we've gone through a lot of waiting seasons together, I would say, especially um, second semester. We were both going through a waiting season of kind of wanting to find this core group of friends. And I know fresh out of a breakup, I was like looking for that really like persistently. And so we've really found that. And yes. I mean, that's why I got over that breakup like that, because we just like. I don't know. I remember I journaled. I sent this to our friends too that we, Jason and all them. I was journaling like, please God, like I need just like my high school group of friends, but like my friends here. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. And like we met the best group of girls that we're still so close to. So we've gone through like a lot of waiting seasons together, but I want you to kind of touch on the waiting seasons that you've gone through before we were friends and like when we were friends, ones you're going through now and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, before I get into that though, y'all, whenever she says that she got over that relationship <laughs> so quick, like I'm not kidding, I never saw her cry. Like there was never once where she started crying. And you're drinking my wine. Oh my God, sorry. <laughs> Where's mine? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Yours is literally in your lap. Just kidding, sorry. Okay, anyways, getting into my waiting seasons. Um, I feel like a lot of it started our freshman year when we did disconnect. I was in a really, really dark place and we like actually finally opened up about that whole thing that happened yeah. pretty recently. Um, I was in a waiting season, like in a really, really weird season of my life. I wasn't really sure. I hadn't given my life fully to Jesus yet. Um, I Yeah, I forgot to mention that. We're both Christian. So I feel like a lot of our waiting seasons, 
being a Christian, like, we, of course, like, would deal with it different than people who aren't. Yeah. So, this is just from our perspective. So, yeah. I just wanted to... I feel like it. once you, you get into a realm of things, like, in your waiting season um, with the Lord, you really, really see stuff in a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So, um, going into that, um, when I was a freshman in college, I tried out for the cheer team, and I didn't make it, unfortunately. And I was in a really, really weird headspace. So, that's when Lindsay, like, kind of breaks down where we, like, weren't friends. At that time, I had zero friends. And when I say zero friends, I would literally wake up, go to class, come back, sleep, go back to class, come back, sleep, or just skip class. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was really, really weird. I've never actually said that out loud. So when my mom listens to this, she's going to be like, oh my gosh, she was sleeping. You're going to get a phone call. Um, But they didn't tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Fast forward to the spring of my freshman year, like a lot of things changed and I'll never forget. I ran into my friend um Sarah Killian in the library and she was like you need to try out again you need to try out again um the coach that was there before I didn't make it he cut me on the final round and I asked him like you can go in and ask for feedback I went and asked him and he was just like you're not good enough and I feel like in in high school everyone like always pats you on the back whether you do mm-hmm. good or not so I never really had like the you're not good enough it's kind like of thing. everyone gets a trophy kind yeah. of thing. yeah it was like everybody got a trophy so I'd never really had someone tell me that face to face and like I kind of took that in a different perspective because I had never heard that. I had a really, really hard coach in high school, but he was more like mental toughness, but I kind of brushed it off because I was like, oh, I won't need that. Like, Mm -hmm. I have this in the bag. And then it was just like a big wake-up call. Didn't make the team. In quotes, I wasn't good enough. So that was like in the summer before freshman year. Back to spring when I saw my friend Sarah in the library, she's like, no, you need to try out. Like, we have a really, really cool coach. And I was like really, really hesitant, anxious, because you never want to be rejected again by anything or anyone. And so I went into an open gym, things were doing good, and my college coach saw something in me that like no one has ever really seen, and it was honestly, now that I look back at it, she was the reason that I found Jesus again. She was the reason that everything was really, really like leveling up for me. And so that's so funny that I said that. If she listens to this, she's going to know exactly what I'm referring to. (laughs) But everything was just really, like, leveling up for me. And so I look back on it now, and it's like, God told me that first year not making it. Like, you're not ready for it yet. Like, let me prep you. Mm -hmm. I need you to be around the right people at the right time and have Mm -hmm. the right guidance instead of having a really bad impression on it the first year. And so I look back on it now, and I'm really thankful that that happened. I'm thankful that we broke up as, like, friends Mm -hmm. at that time because it really let me, like, step back and kind of see everything now. Um... But I feel like in that waiting season, I just, I really learned a lot about myself and about what I liked and what I didn't like. That was ultimately the time I changed my major. Mm-hmm. Everything was like kind of coming together. And so I was really, really seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Fast forward, I try out, I make the team. Um, my coach becomes a really, really big mentor in my life, both assistant and head coach. And honestly, you're the reason why I'm literally in California today. In the midst of all that, I actually did give my life to Jesus and you we would go to a fca every monday mm-hmm. and i just like felt that pulling in my chest and i was like super shy i'm like no i can't do it i can't do it now and then randomly one day i woke up at midnight and i texted um our fca leaders um kim and i was like i like i need you to help me like i don't know what to do i don't know what this feeling yeah. is and so we arranged everything and I got rebaptized in the San Marcos River, which is so electric because yeah. I got to jump in after graduation. So it was kind of like yeah. where I started at that point. I honestly say I started college then um, and where I finished at the same time. So, yeah. I was listening to Sadie Roberts podcast this morning, which sparked 
why I wanted to talk about our waiting seasons because I knew that that was something we've both gone through. And they were just talking about how, like, waiting seasons, you might, like, of course, you didn't know you were going to make the team, like, the next year. So, you're kind of just waiting, not for necessarily an answer, but for a why. Like, why didn't I make the team? Like, I've been in that situation where it's like, okay, I have the skills, I have everything. Like, there's got to be a other side of this, you yeah. know? So you, like, we're waiting for a why. And I think a lot of it, like, the why is just, like, the story you tell. And, yeah, like, 100%. yeah. And that's happened to me so many times where there's no, like, logical reason that something mm -hmm. doesn't happen. But the story that I have to tell to others that, like, maybe that's their answer. And, like, right. I'm the one that had yeah. to go through it. But, yeah, I'm glad. I knew you had, like, a good story to that. So I know that was, like, a staple moment in your life because that kind of, like, led you to Jesus and stuff like that. But what would you say... Is like another major waiting season that you had to go through. I would say the transitioning from post-college, like being a grad, living in your college town and still trying to find a job. I feel like no one really tells you that like awkward four or five There's months. There's literally that you go no through. no guidelines for that. No one I was not prepared. I feel like no one's prepared for that life after college because you're college professors and like everyone's just like yep and then you start life and then you start adulthood and it's like no you don't if you don't have a job no and, like, literally you can't pay for anything yeah. you can't really like go anywhere or do anything yeah. i honestly don't know how we survived college like mm -hmm. i mean i was an i interned and i worked full time and like i did other things but like i don't know oh, how i survived i was making on. bank at the snow cone state i don't know speak for yourself shout out jam <laughs> oh but God. um no, your season of waiting for a job after college and just that whole transitional phase of life, I had the same one. That's like what that's one of the seasons we went through together that I was like at different times but the exact yeah, same story. 100%. Which is like why I wanted to touch on that. Because I know there's so many people that are gonna go through that this year coming and you don't even know you're about to go through that. You think it's all just like fine and dandy and like you have this degree under your belt, but it's like the most diminishing like time it can be but yeah i would say that people like say intern do internships like you'll totally get a job after with internships and i feel like that's not the case we both interned a lot yeah. and did everything we needed to do and there's still that awkward waiting yeah. period i would say honestly god's timing is everything at the end of the mm -hmm. day like there's you could literally be begging for something and it's not going to come until yeah. he's like all right it's yours so that was my story is i I started applying to jobs. I remember I sat down. I was, it was about to go to the second semester of college. And I was just applying to jobs online, sitting in my hometown because we were still at, at home for Christmas break. It was January. I was like, I'm getting ahead of the game. I'm going to get a job secured. Like, I will move out the day after graduation. Didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> at all. I actually moved my ass home. But no, I remember. Just being so, again, there's no logical reason why I could not get a job. I had the best resume, the best experience. Like, I had great, I mean, grades don't really matter, but, like, the great, the grades, like, the everything. Degree, yeah. I'm a great writer. I had my writing pieces, everything. It was just, like, that was a tough, that was a tough time for me and God's relationship because I was so mad at him. I have vivid memories of me just, like, yelling in my room, like, what like you just want me to what do nothing for the rest of my life <laughs> like you're really just gonna let me live out here with no purpose and now I look back and thank god I had to move home <laughs> let's backtrack I did get a job right out of college oh my gosh <laughs> why do I forget about this job 
I did get a job right out of college. It was the worst three days of my life. Three and days. Keyword three I days. I would never want to relive, the, relive them for the longest time. I got, oh my I got a job doing sales. If you are in sales, like you are, God bless your soul. you are special. Yeah. You, You're you special can do your job and breed do it of well. human. Yeah. yeah. Because I lasted three days and I was in the bathroom bawling my eyes out because a man would call me at 8 a.m. Or I answered the phone at like 8 a.m. No, I definitely called him. No one called us. And I was like, you know, I said my script and he's just like, just fuck off. And I'm just like, immediate tears. Like it was my third day. I was already at my breaking point. I remember I went in the bathroom and called my mom and I was like, mom, I'm moving home. Like I'd rather live in Port Natchez, Texas than in Austin and have this fucking job. <laughs> so that's what I did. I packed my bags as much as I didn't want to. And I moved home and I literally thought it was the end of my life. Like I thought, yep, this is it. I'm just going to have to swear it. Yeah, this is it for me. And I just like spent three months in my little small town and now I look back and I'm like, thank God I did because as mad as I was literally just like at life, you know, when you're just like mad, you're just fucking pissed off. <laughs> that was me <laughs> for three months. Well, no, I would say that was me for like a month and I was like, okay, I'm here and like nothing's going to change that. Absolutely. Yeah. Nothing's going to change that. So I just like prayed about it like really intensely like got my relationship right with god and like started applying my dream jobs and that's how i ended up here because he was like okay you don't want to be in texas so like why would i put you there you know like yeah. apply for the jobs and i'll give it to you so that's yeah. what i did and he really straightened me out i feel like a lot of my respect for you comes from I, I would say respect and love comes from like sitting and i feel like you really really become close friends too when you watch each other struggle oh, yeah. and you're like sitting through it because you ended up getting your dream job but i saw you struggle prior to that oh, yeah. And then me being in a place where I was like, oh, sales, got it. Yeah. Bailey no. got the sales job. Yes. So I don't know why I ended up, actually, somebody told me I couldn't do it. So I wanted okay. to, yeah. So you're like, bet. So I was like, okay, let me try it. You know what? Unfortunately. Unfortunately, they you're were right. right. <laughs> and so got the job. I literally remember like talking to Lindsay and she's like going to some like premiere party. I don't even know whose party you were going to in LA. And I was like. I hate my job. Yeah. And not because you were saying that you were going somewhere, but mm -hmm. just because I realized how much I hated getting up in the morning to go do my job. Yeah. I like dreaded going into the office and things like that. So mm -hmm. then I think that's where going back to what I was saying, it's like you, you find so much respect in the struggle and so much like love for your friends and family when you watch them struggle and kind of come out of it. So yeah. when you got that job, um, you were like, trying to figure out like what to do and i remember you being like Bailey, i can't answer your facetime like i'm trying to do a million things at once and like me seeing the outside of it i was kind of like how is this like a question for you like you have to go yeah and you were like i'm driving by myself and i was like no i'm coming with you yeah it was like a very fast move but that was the hardest waiting season i've ever had to go through in my life Be because i didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel at all and like i didn't until i had two days to decide like is that like am I supposed to pack up my whole life and move to California? And I remember my parents hated seeing me like I cried every day. It was just a really like trying time but I look back now and I'm like thank god and another thing. Of course now I see it from the other side and I'm like oh I was so meant to be here but there's always like a why? <laughs> like, 
why me, you know? And yeah. Like, why are all my friends getting cool jobs? I remember you moved, like, straight to Houston, and I was like, what? what like what what am i missing like what yeah. quality did i not achieve you know you go through all that it's so easy to say especially like in the moment it's so hard to like wrap your head around right. but like you can't miss anything that's meant Absolutely. for you so yeah. you just have to wait on it and it's like really fucking hard but. i feel like you're even saying that and i can totally get it too because me moving to houston right out of college like i kind of still like didn't know what i was doing like i went mm -hmm. to go do med sales didn't get the job applied for that other sales job, the payroll processing sales job, um, met great people there, didn't like my job. Um, and then I was just like, I remember sitting in the yoga studio in my gym apartment and was like, God, please, please just like, let me work for something that I love and fitness, you know, it was like a big part of me. Mm -hmm. My mom's a personal trainer, like all that, all that nonsense. And I just remember like Lindsay specifically saying like just be descriptive like be descriptive yeah. in your prayers like if you want something like ask for it but you have to write it down you have to do anything and I journaled I still have my journal with me but like I was like please God like please so I started applying for and jobs like be specific yes um, started applying for jobs ended up getting hired by Orange Theory in a couple days and it ended up working out I think it was like four days got the offer put my two weeks in super random and I was so thankful mm -hmm. fast forward to that you always wonder like why am I in these positions why am I in these jobs like and I got to a point where I was like I know I'm meant for more I remember vividly sitting at my desk one day and being like oh my gosh like I'm not meant to live in Texas anymore there's no way like don't get me wrong I love working for this company but like there's no way I can sit at this desk for the rest of my mm -hmm. life like there's absolutely no way yeah. like, and I was like okay let me think about it and i backtracked to january when we went to new york and like how much there is to life and there's just so many people mm -hmm. around and so i would say i started like actively looking for jobs but i wasn't like applying i was just kind of seeing what was there and then emily texted and was like i have to i got into med school you know fast forward yeah i got into med school and i was like emily's my ex-roommate yeah i was like shoot like i have to take this and run with it like i yeah. have to start applying for more jobs so i was applying to jobs and they were like going through and i'd get to final rounds and then they would drop me off and yeah. i'll never forget i interviewed for fabletics i can see this it. was how many yeah yeah this was how many months were you interviewing though because i remember i entered i interviewed every single day for three months i started interviewing like in random jobs in may yeah um, and I remember you telling me like Bailey no like you have to do this now and I'm yeah. like I got it I got it Yeah, so we were on a timeline because my roommate Emily I have a three-bedroom apartment and We had already known that we that I lived here and like Bailey wanted to move out here So it was a matter of literally her securing a job because my roommate Emily was moving to med school in July and that like, I was going to have to get another roommate to move in if Bailey didn't get a job. And that, even if she did move to California and didn't live with me, our leases would never line up. Like, it would just never be a cohesive thing where we both lived. We could, like, live together. And so, and we really wanted to live together. I know. <laughs> so, it was literally this, like, time clock of, like, Bailey trying to get a job before July. Which is really hard and i remember i was trying to like tell you it's so hard to get a job when you're out of state because they just think you're another applicant that like is unrealistic you know but yeah. it's like no i will pick up and move literally tomorrow but like 
the, it's just a different job situation when you're like moving especially from like texas to california those are like right. yeah polar opposites but um and i remember the last two interviews i had was the job i have now and then it was um this fab to work with fabletics and i remember getting to the final round and i had scheduled an interview to meet with the senior vice president of fabletics men and before I sent the email, I remember saying, God, like, if this is not for me, don't let it happen. Mm-hmm. Like, send me the job that I'm supposed to be at, the people I'm supposed to be around, the leaders I'm supposed to be around. Like, please, if this is not the job for me, like, please don't just place yeah. me somewhere I don't want to be. Um, and I got an, an email back like an hour later and the, and the talent acquisition girl was like, sorry, we've dropped this from um, hiring process. We're like pausing everything. And I was just like, yeah. Okay, I know that I said that, but like I actually <laughs> I need, still need a job. Yeah, yeah, I need a job. And so it was kind of at this point, like, you know, at the end of the clock when it like gets yeah. the ticket. At this point, louder. I was looking for other roommates and I was like, yeah, still encouraging you, but I was like, I have to have a, yes, a plan B. Yeah, you can't leave anyone empty handed. And then I was going to Margaret's Bachelor and as I was like 35 minutes from Corpus, I, I've been like romanticizing my life like prior to even moving here. And I was like, I want to be there. I want to be there. And so I was just like, oh my gosh, this would be so cool. And I was just like thinking about it. And I get a call from a place that I applied to. We like connect over the phone and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is a job of a lifetime. And then I paused and I was like, God, if this is for me, like totally mm-hmm. give it to me. Full hands, like full heart. I will take it. Yeah, I think we both, especially like both of us were in a position where we had like waited and prayed and cried and screamed and cussed probably, I know I did, about like literally not seeing like the purpose of the next season of our lives, like job wise and career wise. And so seeing that like come to fruition and stuff, it's just, it's such a crazy thing to look at it from the other side and like see all the elements come together and be like, oh, that's why that happened. That's why I had to wait. You know, that's why I didn't get that interview. But I know like so many people go through that. And even like talking to people that are in our like age at this stage of life, everyone goes through the same thing, but like no one talks about, it's very rare you just like get hired right out of college unless you like, have connections or, or like they're like someone. you need four to five years of experience yeah it's like, like okay, okay well no yeah that was definitely the hardest like season of life for me and i know that was hard for you there really is something always you're waiting for but something that we're both um very good at what waiting oh yeah no we're we're fucking pros especially when it comes to singleness <laughs> okay i feel like a lot of people always are like how no, when your best friend's still single, like how are you single? Like yeah, how, I mean, how did you wait this long? I feel like right now we're very, very invested in our jobs and like exceeding in our lives and things like that. I want to talk about like the season of waiting for a person. I mean, every girl goes through this where they're everyone wants their person, but also like especially me and you, we're very like we've been single most of our lives. Which, <laughs> but I don't think <laughs> we're laughing. We joke about it all the time where it's like. We see another one get engaged or married and we're like, oh, another one bites the dust. But honestly, like, that's what I, like, I enjoy. Like, I'm not a relationship girl and you're not either. I know that. I'm sorry. I'm speaking, <laughs> I'm speaking for you, but I already know that. But I feel like that shaped my life so much. Well, that we learned like, to be independent. Yeah. No, I am hyper-independent is what I've learned. Yeah. But I feel like being single for a majority of my life has really 
like I know when something comes along that's good like I recognize that right. more than just someone who's like jumping from relationship to relationship to relationship why are you smiling <laughs> um but I want to talk about the waiting season because we are in a season of life where it's like everyone around us is getting engaged or married or on their like you know fourth kid people from my hometown at least second third yeah. fourth fifth yeah name it's it, like, they got it yeah so I mean their kids are having kids at this point but it's like <laughs> I want to talk about like this waiting season and how we can kind of still not be envious or like I wouldn't say we're not actively searching for our person but we're not like chasing the idea of someone you know I yeah, feel like we're very like absolutely. mutual when it comes to that and yeah we're yeah. focused on like our careers and stuff but at the end of the day I feel like I'm just like so content at like yeah. everything in life like yeah my career but also just like me like I'm so self-sufficient and actually a little bit hyper independent but how can we like how do we not kind of dwell on the fact that you know everyone else is like having their person or like you see all this shit on Instagram you know and I feel like there's a lot of girls that are going through that where you watch everyone else get their yeah. person and you haven't yet I feel like if you give yourself enough time to think at the fact that like you're the only one at the end of the day you're, you're not, not yeah one. yeah and I think that right now, to be honest with you, I don't think about anyone or anything else in the middle of the day, yeah. except what I'm doing in that moment it, work at yeah. that point. Um, so by the time I get off, my mind's already checked out and I'm like, what am I doing tonight? Or like, what are we doing later? Yeah. And I, I wish that y'all could honestly like put a GoPro on my forehead so you could see Lindsay one more out. Like, like, like she says, and she's telling the truth, we're not actively looking. Yeah. Like, we went out last week. She's saying, like, Wednesday to Sunday. Not Sunday. Wednesday to Saturday. Mm -hmm. And, like, genuinely went out and, like, belly laughed. And just yeah. had the best time ever. But waiting in a sense of singleness, I feel like, like, even being in a place where everyone in my family is in a relationship. Um, Same. Like, it's, it's kind of hard to see. And, like, you, I know everyone gets this question, especially around Thanksgiving. It's the worst. Who's your boyfriend? Why don't you have a boyfriend yet? And I'm like, oh, um, that's a good question. I haven't even thought about it. Um, but I feel like we've had yeah. enough experiences in this point to know like what we want and what we don't want. Oh yeah. Because um, I feel like people they come around, they come and go, and and they're good, they're great, but it's not the right person. And I feel yeah. like it doesn't work out for the better. My thing is, is that I've only been in one. What we call it, serious? One semi-serious relationship. But I've given my heart to, like, a lot of people, you know? Like, I've talked to a lot of people and, like, been in, I guess you would call it situationships. I hate that word. But I've, like, given my heart to enough people where it's, like, you are gonna date. Like, it's just a life thing, you know? I know I can get, like, so attached to people or stuff. And I'm learning, especially, like, in the past few months, how to, like, healthily... Is that a word? How to, like, healthily not attach myself because i'm not a girl that can just be like yeah. oh no feelings don't care can do this whatever i want like you know but in a healthy way be like i'm gonna date or like like so many people ultimately i'm just gonna end up with one person Absolutely. like everyone else is gonna be wrong for me like they're not gonna work out right. this is gonna happen like we're gonna have to break up so i think just like taking that into account and being like if this relationship or whatever's off like why am I going to waste my time with all these people? And, like, yeah. I can never be a girl that's going to jump from guy to guy to guy and, like, relationship to relationship. 
because that's just not how I operate. And it's just like at the end of the day, you're going to be with one person. So like when I know something good comes along, yeah, I'm going to take it and run with it and like stuff like that. But I'm not going to like casually date for fun or like be with all these guys when especially in our 20s like we're in the past week we've been living it up so like i have no time to waste you know and i, I feel like people take living it up to a sense of like oh my gosh she's talking to all these guys going on with all these no. guys no like literally making friends laughing talking just like yeah. meeting new people oh my god it's so fun and like that's why i feel like i'm so secure now because i never had to have a guy like tell me i'm pretty or text me or give me all this like you know reassurance like growing up because it's like I'm self-sufficient now because I just don't see how people are in relationships their whole life. You know those people that they get out of like a three-year relationship and then they're in another one the next month for like four years? Yes. I'm like, how do you even... I haven't even liked someone in five years. I haven't like, even watched my, my darks and whites yet. Yeah, like how the hell? Like I don't see how you can know yourself as a person because I know when I like... Or when I was in like my six month relationship okay i dated someone for four days okay yeah so well, you're great but um like i am all in so it's like your opinions i take into consideration and like your likes your wants your needs so if you're doing that for all of your teens or like all of your 20s how do you know what you like your opinion like i just you know did you date someone in high school um <laughs> Mind your business. I'm just okay. kidding. <laughs> well, if you could tell, like, your high school relationship self something right now, like, what would you tell? Oh, my God. Off topic. But, no, I was, like, on and off with this dude for, like, six years. We started talking when I was in sixth grade until, like, I went off to college. Yeah. No, I would probably just tell myself, like, have a little bit, like, a little bit more self confidence yeah like have enough like just because he's an upperclassman does not mean he's cooler than you yeah Lindsay, high school Lindsay was really cool and i feel like she gets she needs more credit <laughs> <laughs> she was cool i would tell my my high school self put some bronzer on okay but my high school relationship self i would say <laughs> i would say stop running after things yeah. like there's no point you're wasting energy but i'm thankful for that relationship because that's what foreshadowed me to like not be in any more relationships one because i was really scared but two because i was like you know what no i'm Lindsay, and i'm gonna do what the fuck i want and so she did i remember when i got to that place that i was like wait yeah wait you're not even cute. Yeah. They're but cute. I think cute. especially being in this waiting season, would I love for my God to like drop my person from the sky and like everything come together? Yeah. But I also have been praying. I've been doing this a lot actually because of course I say my prayers every night, but I've really been like, God, I please don't bring him into my life. If like I haven't had all the single life experiences and like self growth that I need to like make him the best man he is and for like me to be ready for to be with someone because i feel yeah. like especially when you're with yourself for a long time it's like that's a change it's even it's hard to even like like someone or yeah. like you know open up to someone because it's like when you're you this is yeah, yeah this is me being really hyper independent i learned that from peyton sarton but it's like love her yeah it can be Hard to be in this waiting season, but literally every girl goes through it. I just feel like we've both gone through enough, like, almost maybes 
at this point to be like great word almost maybes yeah shout out to all the almost maybes shout out i know you you were great well y'all were great but not great enough <laughs> <laughs> no do you ever like after you like think of someone you talk to or whatever you know mm -hmm. you're almost maybe think of your the one you like the most and like it didn't work out but like isn't it crazy to know that like there might be a billion people in the world but it ain't him <laughs> and like that's crazy it's like you that's one thing you know for certain that's what i think about all it's the like time it's like i don't know a lot but i know it ain't that <laughs> it's like so crazy at least you have I a little bit of clarity like, and i i feel like we talk about the singleness singleness really really hits me literally every time we do this it hits me when Lindsay and i are coming back from manhattan beach we always come back at sunset yeah and yeah. we we drive on that long road yeah that's when it like sets in where it's like we're not like young mm. forever and that sounds so cheesy and very movie like no it's like, like the it's like the song this could be your last single saturday night yeah okay we're gonna do some rapid fire questions now i'm excited to hear your answers but i already know i feel like what they're gonna be so i'm just gonna ask the questions and you have to just like first thing that comes to your head say it just like spill okay no filter okay no boundaries ready <laughs> i'm scared <laughs> The first one's like not that explicit, it, huh? Explicit. What have you learned from me about dating? Keep my standards high. Sweet. What do you think my dream guy is? Like physical and personality. Tall, dark, light blue eyes, um, chiseled face. Um, okay, you're just describing one person right now. <laughs> Tall, dark, handsome, light eyes. Could be brown if they want. Um, sweet. Mm, takes initiative. Mm, big one. Okay, yeah, true. Okay, I'm scared. What is the funniest memory you have of me? The funniest memory I have of you is from your birthday. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say this. When I, we Ubered home together, like we said, we always Uber, hang out, do everything together. Um, and you literally, the picture I have of you that looks like your neck is broken on the toilet. Oh, that's not what I thought you were talking about. They you're going to talk about bungalow with my one shoe on. Oh my gosh, that is the funniest memory. Hold yeah. on. That's the funniest. The funniest memory I have of you is we went to bungalow and you wanted to go into the bathroom, but the bathroom line was too long. So we went to this alleyway. I'd never been to California at this point. I'd been to California, but never like out that actively. And... She stepped in some stuff that you don't want to smell, and... Y'all, it was so bad. She ran out faster than probably, um... That was also the drunkest I've ever been, probably. No, I take that back. That was my It was my fault, thing. though, because I was in town, so you were, like, letting yeah, me... Yeah, it was, was all your you. fault. <laughs> and she lost a shoe, came home with one shoe, and... Nope, I came home with no shoes. Came home with no shoes. I left one of my shoes at Bungalow, and the other one I threw out the window on the freeway, so... Yeah, so... Yep, okay. <laughs> now it's your turn. So, I know you're gonna know the answers to these, just like I kind of, you kind of knew the answers to mine, but let's start with, what's my favorite drink? Like when you go out? Yeah. Malibu Sprite. <laughs> Y'all, Bailey, and I can't even hate on it because I started drinking it too, but she goes to the bar one time we are in college and she orders a Malibu Sprite and like I have, I feel like everyone has PTSD from Malibu because it's Malibu, but I swear to God, just 
That Order a Malibu sip. Sprite and you'll feel like you're on a beach in Mexico. <laughs> Yo, the, the first like time I actually drank out here, um, we were at Shellbacks and she was like, nothing like a cold Malibu Sprite on a summer day. Um, yeah. Next question, what is the funniest memory you have of me? Oh God. Um, one time we, I think we were about to graduate, so we were just going balls to the walls and you, I remember what you're wearing. You had like a, the polka dotted stripe cross neck and we were just making the holy trinity of San Marcos, the right. green parrot vodka malus. Yeah. And Bailey ended up in the bushes and I remember I took that picture. I don't even, oh no, scratch that. That was funny, but literally the funniest memory I have of you is when I had gotten home from a date and we were in your room you were i came home i accidentally got really hammered on my date and so i ha brought home like a box of pizza and you were over your toilet throwing up yeah and we you were singing a song what was it it i have a video of it and you're <laughs> literally just like belting out this song and we were both in tears just from laughing like you were eating pizza and sage was eating it yeah too. She was we were just eating. like on our floor that's like a vivid like happy memory that i have too it was like funny and happy and the thing was i didn't even drink i every time i ate a burger from ivar's i thought like, you were drunk you were definitely drunk no i had practiced the next day because you went on a date on that thursday i had practice oh. on that friday well yeah that's funny I was vomiting the burger that I ate yeah. in my bars. Oh my god, this whole time I thought you were drunk, but you were really just sick, and I was just like laughing. Yeah, it, no, it was hilarious. I remember that. This is kind of like yours, but this is better. What kind of guy do you think I'm going to marry? So, I, sometimes you just really throw me for a, real, for a wild card, so... Um, thousand percent will be an athlete bailey doesn't talk to you if you don't have athletic ability i don't ability. know if that's gonna be the case though this isn't your question this is my question i think he will be an athlete he will have to have good teeth you're big on teeth um have to be like a family guy get along with your family i mean honestly it all starts at athlete oh my gosh <laughs> i think he like blowing my cover <laughs> I think he'll, he'll definitely have dark hair. You've never talked to like a blonde. Or have you? My four day relationship, he was blonde, but I guess. Oh. Like, thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, thanks for having me on, Lindsay. I really appreciate you and I adore you and I love you and I will always be one of your biggest fans. This this is not the last episode Bailey will be in. There will be plenty more because we live under the same roof. So can't get rid of each other. Thank you so much for listening. This was fun. No, I'm a little bit wine drunk, but follow me on Instagram at baileyr underscore. Um, you know, just toss me a like or three. <laughs> and yeah, follow the Everything Under the Sun podcast. It's just the initials. It's in my bio if you go to my Instagram. And I'm going to be more consistent on uploading because I think I missed a week. But it was because Bailey was moving in and she had me being her personal handyman absolutely so, great chick-fil-a for all yeah anyways thanks for listening we'll see you in the next episode bye bye